This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. TV Wrestling Network fans, welcome to this month's episode of your monthly journey through the alternate universe and uh, through uh, uh, the, as we Star Trekkies like to call it, the uh, goatee-wearing half of the world. Welcome, everyone, to uh, this month's episode of Through the Looking Glass. I'm your co-host, Scott Criscolo. Hope everyone is enjoying their June uh, and I'm actually been looking forward to doing this to my very good friend and co-host because he's great. But for those of you that remember, uh, I guess it would be our we started what October, so like episode three or four, so like back in December, January, when this guy said it was you know 95 degrees where he is, and it was five degrees where I was. Uh, the script has flipped. Uh, the script is flipped, but of course he, he'll never get five degrees where he is. Let me bring in, ladies and gentlemen. The always awesome Thunder from Down Under, uh, Mr. Dave. Dave, I know for a fact that it's not five degrees where you are right now. No, it's not five degrees. It's uh, it's it's a bit warmer than five degrees. In fact, we'd be lucky to get down to five degrees at night, even in the middle of winter down ah. here. But it is. We we do th- thank you. Um, thank you, thank you, Scott. It's great to be back with you guys again. It's great to be back with all our wonderful listeners. And uh, uh, welcome once again to another episode of Through the Looking Glass. But it is, it is certainly colder down here than it was when we started recording. Uh, it is the middle of winter down here in Australia. And um, and for all you uh, fantastic North Americans, I can tell you that it is a a very cool and chilly sixty four degrees. Um, uh, when I do the when I do the comparison today, it's eighteen Celsius down here today. After a, a pretty cold wake up this morning, I, I woke up this morning. It was only forty eight degrees. It was pretty cold. I had to put on my my beanie and my double jacket and and my gloves to go out for my morning walk. So I'm a I'm feeling the cold, but I, I know there's a lot of you sitting out there going, "That's that's not cold. That, <laughs> that's not that, that, that that's probably t-shirt weather for some of you guys, yes. I guess." It's it's very tepid. Uh, that 48 would be tepid for me in uh, February or March, <laughs> but uh, today, uh, today uh, here in um, the Northeast in the other hemisphere, uh, the last two days here in Connecticut, it. Uh, tapped out at 93 uh, according to my car thermometer so uh, 93 degrees um, which Dave had six months ago and I had the flip (laughs) I had flipped the numbers or add the numbers up and I had 12 so (laughs) um, but uh, yeah a little little warm the last couple days but actually it's it's evening here it's Sunday evening where I am of course where Dave is it's Monday late morning Uh, it's actually uh, cooled a little bit it's actually cooled a little bit we're looking at, uh, I think it's dipping slightly. I think we're up in, in the low 80s. But anyway, nobody wants to hear us talk the weather. Uh, uh, Dave, always a pleasure. We have had a tremendous uh, uh, journey so far with all of our episodes. And again, I'm, we've got so many now, I'm not going to repeat them all. But uh, go back to our, our – now, again, I will say this, though, for those that are new listeners. Welcome uh, to the network, PTB uh, uh, 
to the PTB Wrestling Network, place to be.podbean.com. Uh, we've been doing this specific show since back in October. Uh, this is episodic. This is not, uh, this is standalones. This is not like uh, some of our other shows like uh, NWA Crock and Roll or Highway to the Impact Zone. Those shows you want to go back to the beginning and start. Our shows do not do that. You could listen to any of them anytime. They do not connect. So if you're listening to this show right now, and this is the first episode, please keep listening. Feel free. But after this, go back to our archive. Uh, on the website, again, place to be.podbean.com, the old PTB Wrestling Network, your old reliable. And we have shows going all the way back to uh, uh, to October. So um, uh, check them out because they're all great. And tonight's is going to be great as well. Uh, this one, uh, this month's episode, the topic seems easy. And I say this a lot with a few of our episodes uh, that Dave comes up with. Sometimes it's easy. A lot of times it's not. We had a. I still think one of our toughest episodes that I think we did a great job on was the one back in November, when we uh, uh, when we went to an alternate universe where everything in the WWF was fine in late '97 into '98. We had no Montreal incident. Uh, I thought that was one of our best episodes because that's not an easy topic to try to talk about. Uh, this uh, this topic tonight would seem easy, but I tell you, I bet you it's not going to be, because rebooking this sounds like the easiest thing on the planet. But it probably, it probably, uh, you know, isn't. So, Dave, why don't you set the stage for us and tell us about this month's topic? Well, this month is, uh, as many of you, have, if you have been journeying with us, you, you, you noted that we, we do try to, uh, we try where possible to maybe pull something, an event, a storyline out of the month that we're in historically just to give some context and to help just to provide a bit of a, a sound foundation. So we're in the month of June and when those of us who've been wrestling fans for a very long time, and I know um, some of, there are some people out there who've been wrestling fans for as long as we have been Scott. I know you just a little bit older than me, just slightly a couple more years on me, but really we've grown up with, with wrestling. And so throughout that time, we see, the various storylines that put forward and sometimes a storyline works. Sometimes it maybe doesn't quite connect with you as a viewer or you feel that there's some missteps, but I think one of the notable noticeable things about the early years of the WWF sort of the pre raw era um, is that there was a lot of long-term planning that had gone in and you could see that play out over time, even when things might not be connecting they had it planned out. With the rise of Raw and the monthly pay-per-views, that planning became shorter and shorter. And by the time we got to a year like, say, 1999, mm-hmm. um, the, 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 and the rise of perhaps Vince Russo's um, story writing elements and, and, and uh, influence over the company, we saw a lot of things start to play out where maybe the end goal wasn't known when they started planning their storyline and that's where i'd like to go tonight because i'd like just to look at a storyline what i think is probably the the first real prominent storyline in the wwf where it was very evident they did not have the end goal in mind when they started writing the storyline. Now, this is this was common back in WCW, NWA. You know, like you go back to 1988, you know, 1989, 1990. You had 
you had multiple stories where they started doing a story and they didn't know where they were going with it or what they were going to do at the end of it. And I think the the best one to to recall right right off offhand is is nineteen ninety and um and Sting's World World Championship Raymond the whole Black Scorpion angle. I mean that was just it was clear they didn't know where they were going with it. Well. I think our storyline tonight is probably the WWE's first real misstep along that line because we're going to look at the tonight the storyline that had a lot of potential mm-hmm. and possibly the biggest fizzing out reveal that had happened in the company to date, and that is the higher power. Mm-hmm. The storyline of the higher power and the reveal of Vince McMahon as the higher power. Um, now there's, there's a lot we're going to look at tonight, a lot to talk about here. Um, but we're going to, we have a bit of a look at what may have prompted this, what, um, what the impact of it was. And, and I guess in this case, we're going to look at, there were certainly rumors of who might've been the higher power. Um, even back at the time it happened, we're going to maybe have a look at who some of those people were and what it might've looked like if they had been put in the role and whether or not it might've worked that way. And then we'll, we'll look at whether any of us have any other potential ideas for who the higher power could have been. So that that's where we're going tonight. But I guess to, to, to start us off, Scott, um, you know, 1999, not, I mean, obviously the higher power storyline is the back end, the culmination, the final stage of the Austin McMahon storyline that had started at WrestleMania in 1998. Um, we don't need to rehash the whole storyline, but but certainly, what were your thoughts? Uh, what are your memories of of Austin and McMahon, and 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 how did how were you seeing that at the time? Because I know it had a massive uh, a massive impact on my wrestling fandom. Um, I had been coming out of Montreal and and the screw job I I had actually been a little bit um down on on WWF because I was such a big Bret Hart fan and I liked Stone Cold a lot and that was probably the only story that really kept me going but I I tell you now the Austin McMahon storyline had a massive impact on my wrestling fandom because for the first time um not only was Raw became available on television uh, around that time period. It became something that you could watch, but it became something, this storyline became something that I had to watch. I needed to watch it. And and it became, it took me to the next level of, of I really wanted to see the next step of the storyline. And I would make sure I, I got my hands on, on that episode, the next episode of Raw. I was watching week to week, which Hadn't had much of a chance, but it really. There were times when I didn't mind if I didn't get the the wrestling, the latest wrestling video out for a few weeks because it was it going to be worth watching. What did what did the internet said about it? Oh, it was an okay show. Oh, look, I might watch the the newest Star Trek video episodes first, or I might go to the movies instead. But Austin McMahon really turned me around, and it brought me to a level of fandom I probably hadn't had since. Ah, oh, probably eighty nine, ninety. Um, it really took me back to that young element, which which drew me in. How is it for you, Scott? Austin McMahon. What was the impact for you as a fan, and what are so, sort of your memories around all that? 
Well, Dave, it, it, it was pretty, I mean, it's the feud that won the war. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, you know, at the time, as 1997 uh, turned into 1998, WCW was, you know, was winning the war. Um, you know, they did they did whiff uh, at Starcade uh, because they should have had, you know, they should have had a better uh, situation there for Hogan and Sting. But, you know, after the screw job, which really did happen, unlike our universe back in November, um, you know, WWF was on the uh, was on the ropes. And, uh, you know, the truth was that a one good knockout punch and, you know, it would have been the WCW network that we've been watching. But. But. uh, uh, This character. Steve Austin radiated with the audience and uh, uh, the best guy coming out of the screw job, the best guy for him to feud with was, was Vince because, you know, Vince did not want a guy like Austin to, to run, to be the big, you know, to be the the top dog in the company. Well, guess what? (laughs) Fast forward to March 29th, 1998, at the uh, Fleet Center in Boston. Steve Boston beat Shawn Michaels to become the WWF champion, and everything changed. Uh, April 13th on Raw, the Monday Night War, the Monday Night streak ended for WCW. And by 1999, they were consistently beating them handily in the ratings. Uh, I think my favorite memories of, of that feud, Dave, uh, obviously when the winged Eagle was retired and the globe, what they call the globe attitude belt was, uh, uh, was introduced, um, which the belt, it would pretty much be the, the championship of the attitude era because by ruthless aggression, it would change to the other belt. Um, I would say probably, uh, and I, it, what's sad is it, it, it's so memorable to me. I remember the dates. So I loved uh, it's the October 5th, I think, 1998 episode of Raw is when Vince was in the uh, hospital and, uh-huh. and yep. we had the the great uh, the great bedpan shot, which mm. literally still makes me shit my pants laughing every time I watch it, uh, you know, because I mean, Vince's little grape sized head donking off that uh, was just I mean, it's just so great. You I know, mean that was said, that was a stiff shot. I love the I love yeah. the anime. getting the getting the cord for the enema and 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 yes. his facial reactions to that. We always knew you were full of shit, Vince. Now we'll prove. Now we're gonna find out. <laughs> oh God, it's it's so it's so amazing. Um. So really, uh, after that, I mean, it was I. You know, he won the belt. He he retained the title at SummerSlam. And I'm not gonna go through the whole timeline, but. Uh, that storyline, and I've always argued next to Hogan Andre and the Mega Powers, as you mentioned, eighty nine ninety. Uh, the storyline arc between Breakdown, when Austin got screwed out of the title in that triple threat against Taker and uh, against Taker and Kane, all the way to WrestleMania fifteen in Philly when he beat The Rock to win the title back. That story arc is arguably one of the greatest WrestleMania builds of all time. Mm. And during that time, that's when pretty much 
WWF overtook WCW. Uh, I don't believe they won a Monday night again. Uh, I don't think they won a Monday night again until, uh, uh, again, after that, uh, uh, that, uh, I'm brain farting. The, uh, the, uh, Goldberg, the Goldberg, Goldberg beating Hogan was the last yeah, Goldberg time beating Hogan. Won. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I brain farted. Uh, yeah. When Goldberg beat Hogan, uh, when Goldberg beat Hogan in the, uh, um, at that Atlanta. night when, uh, in Atlanta. So, sorry, I don't know why. For some reason, that, that didn't hit my head right. But um, after that, they were done. And, uh, you know, by the middle of 99, they were consistently getting, um, they were consistently getting smoked <laughs> weekly. So, um, those were some of my favorite moments. And, of course, the, uh, uh, when the higher power was revealed, and uh, and uh, Steve Austin took, you know, 50 percent of the uh, company, thanks to Linda and Stephanie, because uh, remember, Stephanie McMahon debuted as an on air character during this feud. Mm. Um, that was that was pretty great. Uh, the higher power itself was uh, pretty lousy. Um, the reveal, uh, the reveal that it was um, that it was uh, Vince was absolutely dreadful. Uh, because there was a lot of um, there was a lot of speculation, which we're going to talk about that speculation tonight um, of the various uh, uh, the various um, guesses and you know and uh, possibilities that could have that could have been that slot. Uh, but when we when 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 it was revealed to be Vince, we all went, "Oh God, really? That's the best you can do." And I feel like, fortunately, it got saved by Steve taking 50% his fifty uh, percent of the company, and Steve having the uh, Steve having the uh, the the power tie and the power finger, and and the episode of Raw where they uh, the episode of Raw where they go to the uh, Titan Towers and he dumps all the horse shit in yep. in Vince's office, and he says, uh, you know, that uh, this is uh, Vince McMahon's salary. Well, take put it towards Mick Foley's. Uh, re- uh, Mick Foley's uh, health bills. Get well, you crazy son of a bitch. Uh, and then Vince, <laughs> and then Shane's salary was the beer budget. Like that whole part there. Yeah. The, those couple of episodes when he was when he was CEO saved the higher power storyline from being a complete bomb. And then of course at the King of the Ring, uh, Vince and Shane, with the help of Big Boss Man, won his half back. But then the next night on Raw. Uh, uh, Steve beat Taker to win back his WWF title because he lost it at, of course, the um, the infamous Over the Edge pay-per-view, of course, the night that uh, that Owen Hart died. Um, so uh, I love the the Austin McMahon storyline. I mean, it, it 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 was a great main event storyline that was uh, supported by DX and the Nation, and you had the great mid carters of triple h and the rock and you know because rock was mid card pretty much he didn't really become main event until you know the back end of 98 um so overall the austin mcmahon storyline is pretty much one of the greatest journeys creative journeys ever taken uh dave in the history of wrestling and where it laid out in wrestling history i mean look it won the it, it won the monday night war yeah it won the Monday Night War. Austin McMahon 
beat the NWO in terms of eyeballs. Because, well, let's put it this way. By 98, the NWO, or by 98, 99, the NWO was crap anyway. Um, so, yeah, so those are my, those are my memories of, of the Austin McMahon feud and, and its impact. I mean, the impact is it won the Monday Night War. Yeah. So, and it's, yeah, it was, it, it really was. I'm up there with you as, as one of the best storylines, if not the best storyline ever. And it's a real shame. One of the things that I really, I think the biggest misstep the company have ever made since we've moved into our modern era has been that we've never really had a real decent DVD release of the Austin McMahon storyline. They brought out a VHS back in the day, which was sort of just a summary of the the pre-match elements to each of the pay-per-view things. It was just a quick work through. It was a one-hour video. It didn't last long. They brought that, re-released that on DVD with no additions, no nothing. They've done a couple of one-off episodes. I think there's an episode on the Monday Night Wars series about it. And again, it's more a bunch of talking heads. But and that also, loved... Dave. Also, Dave. That VHS tape was very kayfabe. Yes, it, it was, was. It was very kayfabe. Yeah. But what what I would love them to do with with this is one of two things. Number one, do a real in depth from beginning to end with a whole bunch of the matches um, from that feud as a as a one off paper as a one off DVD or. Do what they did with the two DX ones that they released in the in the mid, you know, late two thousands, early twenty tens, which was where they basically just did every segment every week and every match for whether it was six or nine months, and that just all went onto a DVD. Why can't they do that with the Austin McMahon storyline? You could just have a DVD of every from 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 the night after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Where where they where they do the whole belt changing thing in the easy way, hard way, which is one of the best promos. Um, the 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 suit, I love the suit promo. I love the, the yeah. This is the last time you'll ever see me in this thing again. You know the the picture and the ball shot and all that. It's just brilliant. Um, all the way through to essentially the 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 um, the farewell, the 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 na 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 night where Vince gets booted. They should just do a, a DVD with every segment, every interview, every match from Austin McMahon from then to then. It would sell like hotcakes. It would be brilliant. I just we, that that's one wish I had because otherwise you just got to go and watch every single Raw. Um, and I don't want to watch every single element of Raw these days because there's a lot of Raw that doesn't hold up, but that does. That's just my beef. Um, <laughs> bring it out on DVD. I'd I, I buy it in an instant. Um, higher power. I think, like you said, it was the um, Vince being revealed as the as the higher power was just such a letdown. And I think it was because of the way the storyline had been built and told to that date. It, it made no sense for Vince to be the higher power. Because if we go back, the higher power storyline started late December 98, early January. I can't remember exactly, but when Undertaker returned with his darker character, from the moment he came back, he was talking up that he answers to a higher power. And I remember when it first started, I thought, oh, he's talking about Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer's coming back. But Paul right. Bearer came back with him, and Paul Bearer was we answer to a higher power. So you're like, okay, this is someone above Paul Bearer. This is someone, this is something different. And, and then the storyline progressed to 
him starting to take shots at McMahon. And you had those those great little spots in the story of of the burning teddy bear and 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 telling him that he's gonna that that, that he's gonna take over the company. The, the whole higher power thing started out as Undertaker is gonna take over the company. And we move post-mania and they start to ramp it up a little bit more. And uh, yeah, they got again storytelling issues. They the whole Shane McMahon storyline. They they then go and bring the corporate ministry, which I never liked. But even then, you still had this idea that Undertaker was on an equal level with Shane because there was a higher power that was going to come in, and that it was all about taking the company away from Vince. And it was working so well that Vince was becoming a babyface. Even though he had been feuding with Austin for 12 months, this storyline of the higher power started to paint Vince in a sympathetic light and was turning him babyface. And you had the whole elements of the kidnapping of Stephanie and Vince trying to save her and calling on Austin to, to help him out. And I remember the... The, the, the angle where the, the unholy marriage and Austin comes out and saves the day and Vince shakes his hand and you could see it was ever so reluctant and yet at the same time, the grateful father in Vince, it was genuine. I, I'm willing to put aside everything because you've just saved the daughter that I love the most and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honour that. I'm going to recognise that. So this painted a picture where you're sitting there going, Whoever this higher power is, he's going to be feuding with Vince. We're pretty well just turned Vince babyface. The higher power of Vince, this could be interesting. It's going to take Vince away from Austin, which probably needed to happen. That the, the storyline had played out. Right. Um, it was ready to move on, and everyone was intrigued. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And then the reveal is it was Vince all along. And it just landed like such a lead balloon, like a like a fart in church. It mm-hmm. just hit the ground absolutely abysmally. And it really showed it was the first element. And when we talk about some of the, the guys that might have been it, and one guy that's been thrown out there as who Vince Russo said he wanted, and that Vince basically saw this person and went, no. Um, they had no they'd written this storyline with no end in in sight and it is so much like that black scorpion storyline where there was no who's going to play this person in the end we'll work it out when we get there and when we got there the only person that they vince sort of felt could fit it was vince himself even though everything they'd done in the storyline was it's it couldn't be vince because this person was gunning for vince's company Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just fell flat. It fell, it fell down so badly um, that it just left such a bad taste in everyone's mouth. It did. Uh, one of my favorite, the, the, the weird kind of pseudo Vince face turn in that like two and a half months between like when he, when, when, when Austin beat rock at, uh, at WrestleMania 15 and, and, and won the belt back and Vince had that look. And then, Pretty much from Vince was like, all right, well, he got me. I'm out. And Shane's like, you're a quitter. And he was, you know, he was the the 
you know, the he was focused on Taker and this taking over the company thing. And one of my favorite moments, and one of my favorite Vince moments is at the end of Backlash, Backlash 99 in uh in Providence, when Rock, when it was belt versus belt, when it was the Rock's, you know, Rock uh had uh taken the smoking skull belt because Mm. you know vince had it on his mantle and he told shane just give this belt to austin and just be done with it i'm I'm, he got me i gotta move on i gotta protect my i i did have to say dave i did kind of like the the intricacies of that like two and a half month stretch between wrestlemania 15 and when vince was revealed which was early june so those two months from late march through early june um uh, you know, Vince, you kind of had this like sympathetic, listen, I, Austin won. He got me. All right. I threw everything in front of him and in Philadelphia, he got me. So I got to worry about my company because Undertaker wants to take over everything and he's stalking my house and he's burning teddy bears and he's putting crosses and shit in my house in Greenwich. Shane, just give this belt to Austin and just let's be done with it. Let him go do what he's got to do. He'll face other challengers and we move on. Shane it, it would have really, nothing. It, it really came across like um, as much as I don't and as much as I hate Austin, my company and my family, or in this case, my company and my daughter, I guess, you know, it, it pushed Shane away by right. making this choice. But my company and my family are more important to me than my issues with Austin. And, 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 it, and, it, and it had a logical foundation because you could sit there and say, he could still hate Austin for everything that's happened. And yet, where we're going, the company and the family are more important to him. It made sense for, for what the arc was. Yeah, it did. And then at Backlash 99, you know, Vince and, uh, you know, Shane was pushing Rock uh, you know, to, and it was belt versus belt and all that. And Austin won again. Vince this time came out as the baby face and decked Shane. And Rock won the match. Uh, Austin won the match. And Rock, uh, uh, obviously this led to Rock's, uh, to Rock's uh, face turn as this year progressed. But in this case, um. Austin wins. Rock is gone as a heel. Vince hands him the belt. And uh, while he Vince is standing there staring at Austin going, all right, dude, you fucking got me. You got me. He had that look like that. That look of uh, that look of not defeat, but the look of, you know, I can't think of the word, but, you know, all right, well. I got to move on. And then, of course, the great moment when... It's when, like resignation. Uh, it's like... Resignation. Okay. Thank you, yeah. Dave. Thank you. Resignation that, you know what? You got me. Here's your belt. You got everything. You're world champion. You got your smoking skull back. I, I got other shit. I got other fish to fry right now. To use the term that Austin used back in 1997. I got other fish to fry. Um, meanwhile, of course, we had the awesome... Uh, 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 Taker in the limo going where to Stephanie ah! <laughs> that was so great the end of Backlash 99 um, yeah. so that those couple of months were so good and I kind of liked this pseudo Vince um, 
this pseudo Vince face thing going on while Austin was kind of being used as a weapon against Taker. And then, of course, uh, the experimental SmackDown that took place in my home building. I was not there, though. My home, old home building of the uh, New Haven Coliseum, although I wasn't there. Uh, that was the... Um, uh, that was when uh, uh, Stephanie was tied up, and then they were going to have the... Um, uh, the the wedding and all that and um and Austin saved Stephanie and it was actually turning into a pretty good little storyline with Vince and and Steve kind of Steve's like look I still fucking hate your guts but yeah, I have nothing against your daughter working together reluctantly right. working together exactly like the you know that that hug when she's hugging Steve and Steve doesn't know what to fucking do and mm. you know Vince looks at Steve and goes thank you. And Steve looks at him and goes, I didn't do this for you, dickhead. But, you know, she, she's an innocent pawn in this game. So that build through, you know, over the edge. And, of course, the storyline part of that was totally forgotten, of course, sadly, with the uh, with the death of Owen Hart. We kind of forget everything that happened at that show. But Taker won the belt because of the double refs and all that slop. And then, and then two weeks later on that Raw it is revealed that this higher power that Taker keeps talking about is just Vince. Shane had put together the corporate ministry, which I agree with you, was kind of a weird little mishmash thing. Although I got to say, on a side note, Taker's theme in this stretch is one of his best. Yes. Taker's, Taker's 99 theme, the down, down, bounce, I love that theme. Mm. I blast that in my car every once in a while. Um, but then when when the when the... The 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 uh, hood came off and Vince gave that face. You're like, oh, really? And uh, and it just it just diminished so much because n- number one, it didn't make sense from like I said, where we'd just been these past couple of months. You even said it, Vince. Vince helped Austin keep the title. Yeah, like, he he'd spent this all this year trying to take it off him. And the storyline had built to the point where he helped Austin keep the title. And even the multiple storyline thing, he was trying to help Austin keep the title that that he because he didn't want Undertaker to have it. So by revealing himself as the higher power, it just makes no sense as to if it was a it, it was me, Austin, it was a work all along, I was doing it to fool you, it was just business. Well, hang on. If it was just business, why did you help him win the title? Um, at backlash why did you help him keep the belt it, it that didn't make sense it, it's a mishmash the other thing it did is it 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 absolutely like cut the legs out from the undertaker they built the undertaker up as this i mean he was he was bigger than anyone else he was on equal footing with shane because the higher power meant that yes it was the coming together of these two factions but even shane he wasn't dominating the Undertaker in the corporate ministry. They were an alliance working side by side with a common goal. But when Vince gets revealed as the higher power, immediately the Undertaker is put back down into a lesser. He's seen in a lesser light again. He's just seen as just he's just another pawn, just another worker um, for Vince doing what Vince wants. And it, I, I just felt it cut the legs off everything they had done for the Undertaker character for the past six months. Yeah. Really bizarre. And and then, you know, we have the, the 
and then the King of the Ring happens, and then, you know, and then pretty much after fully loaded, when Steve wins that first blood match and takers off and uh Vince gets taken off TV, then it ends. Then the the, the storyline official pretty much officially ends, and we don't have any real issues until of course eventually uh you know Steve gets hurt or Steve gets the surgery and you know mm. everything so but uh that that um that reveal just really let's put it this way had they not done the second half of that segment on that episode and um and Steve won the uh got the 50% um I think we'd have been in for a rough 99 if that was like the best they could do yeah and, and I agree. I agree with you. That part of the segment saved it. But I, I watched that segment yesterday as part of my final preparation for, for this for this episode. And there are some massive holes in the in the storyline, as it is, like the way they present or not, because they they basically mashed two or three weeks of storytelling into one episode with the reveal. So you had the reveal of Vince, and Vince is gloating. Oh, I fooled everyone and all that. And then Stephanie and Linda come out and Stephanie's upset. How could you dad? And that you get that. Okay. She's just seen that. Oh, her dad's just played her. She would be hurt. She would be upset. But why is Linda there for one? But then Linda comes out with, you know, less than two minutes after Vince has revealed himself as the higher power. Linda comes out with, well, I held an emergency meeting of the board this morning and we own 50% and we've aimed, named a new CEO. And all of a sudden you're like, hang on. If we've only just found out that Vince is the higher power and no one knew it, why would they have held an emergency meeting of the board? Why would Linda have given up her 50% or Linda and Stephanie given up that power earlier in the day if they didn't know that Vince was the higher power? It, Correct. It, it just, it, just it, it made a, a hodgepodge of a thing that, that would have been better. Like at least you could have done that. Well, maybe they did that if they'd done that element next week, the following week. Okay. You came out last week. You said this, well, earlier today I held the emergency meeting of the board. Um, it took me all week to get them together. You know, well, why didn't I know about it? Because you've been off with undertaker and Shane and doing whatever, you know, you, you could have delayed that by week. but of course you've then got the, the timing. It would have hit on the King of the ring build, but it just, it was very clear that they rushed a, a few weeks worth of storytelling into one episode to make the most of the decision that they made, which was clearly a last minute decision. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny. I never thought of that just now when you said, when you said, uh, how did they make an emergency meeting this morning when I didn't reveal who I was, that I was the higher power till just now <laughs> so that yeah i never you know dave that's actually funny i never thought of that i never thought of that but uh yeah i mean it's just uh it's just kind of a mishmash and i think it was just to this is where like vince the vince russo style of storytelling comes into play because mm -hmm. we really don't think about logic it's all about the moment you know, it's all about the moment. No one gives a shit about about logic. This is wrestling. Logic should make no sense. We've been dealing with this for 50 years of wrestling. Um, no one gives a shit about logic. So long as the moment's big. And that's exactly how um, that's exactly how Vince Russo thought. It's about the moment. It's not about 
the the story per se or the logic i should say it's not about the logic it's about the moment that's vince, he, that's vince russo's thinking it is and he carried that into wcw and that's yes. one of the reasons why wcw in my opinion why it fell apart and went to pieces because the storylines had no conclusion throw all these things out and nothing ever got resolved and people go well why am i watching this there's nothing to invest in because the storylines were just stopping suddenly because it was about the moment and at least at least in wwf wwe now vince russo had vince mcmahon over him to get some continuity um can you imagine if this was russo we probably wouldn't have had the um the, the corporate angle added into it. We probably wouldn't have had Linda and, and said, we just would have had Vince is the high power. And then next week it'll be like nothing ever happened. Right. <laughs> if it was exactly. just Russo. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was a great moment, but, uh, the, the, the reveal just really screwed the pooch. So. And, yeah, and it was and, and it was at the time. I remember at the time being on the internet. Um, and, and look, the the reality was, <laughs> I, I talked before about how I, I was waiting to get my hands and see these things. That the reality was, we didn't get the episode of Raw for nearly a week after it aired in the US. So the spoilers were out there on the internet before I would ever got a chance to see the episode. And because it was had been building so big, so big, and I knew it was coming, mm-hmm. it was on the I was on the internet. Okay, I've got to find out. I can't wait. I've got to find out because it's going to be out there. And the rumors were out there about who like it. It the Vince reveal was was seen by everyone as a letdown at the time. And the rumors were out there in the week leading up to it. Who's it going to be? It could be this person. It could be that person. There were legitimate rumors. There were hopeful rumors. And there's been things come to light since then about who might have been the higher power. Right. But I think there is a general consensus that everyone who witnessed it at the time went, Vince should never have been revealed as the higher power. Vince should not have been in that role. Anyone other than Vince would have been better. Correct. But I guess yeah. that's where I'd like us to go in yeah. this episode. All would right. anyone other than Vince have been better? Yes. Would there there were there are a bunch of we, we're gonna we're gonna talk one by one. We're gonna talk about some of the rumored people that were in mm-hmm. it. And and let's let's have a look. We're gonna we're gonna look. What were you know? What might have worked? How it could have been done? Maybe if it was that person, would it have worked? Maybe why it might not have worked? And then we, I guess, we can come to a conclusion at the end of this. Was maybe maybe we go into the rest of this episode as we go through the Looking Glass. Was McMahon the best option for this storyline? Was he the best option in the end? I, I don't know. Um, I think as we go through the Looking Glass and we look at. Who could have been the higher power? I think we have that question in the backbone there, in the back, in the back of the our, our minds. Is 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 was it the better option? So you ready to go through the tunnel, Dave? This is the highlight of my month because some days I wish I was in an alternate universe. So I wish I was a better <laughs> higher power. So let's let's dive through the uh, the glass and uh, head into uh, the universe of pink skies, unicorns. And Matt Rotella hoping Mantar would become world champion. Uh, 
that's never happening, by the way. And we're never doing an episode about that. So, um, <laughs> so all right. Uh, all right. All right. So we're here. The looking glass. Who who are some options? Who were thrown out there? So I've I've gone through. I've I've listed some people who these were rumors at the time. These were rumors back in 1999 of mm-hmm. people who could have been revealed as the high power either in the lead up to it. I think it. it the rumor, yeah, you know, like a Dave Meltzer rumor or a, you know, an internet rumor that you get on right. the various news sites. I've heard that this person is going to be revealed as the higher power on Monday night, and they've signed, and they're going to be at Raw, and they're going to be there. To, it wouldn't have been cool if it was that person. So these are some of the names that were thrown out there. The first one that I want to start with, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Mm. That was a name. I don't know if you remember him being thrown out, but that was a yes. name that was certainly being thrown out there in the lead up to the the reveal. Yes. I, I remember. I remember this one clearly. So, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts, Scott? The, Ted DiBiase. What? Why would Ted DiBiase maybe have worked as the higher power? Well, uh, number one, he's he got back in the company. So maybe he wanted to, uh, you know, prove to Vince that, you know, you never, uh, uh, you know, I, I was always, I always was, was better than you. I was always had more money than you. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but being a benefactor was, would have been pretty great. The only thing that I feel logic wise is that why would Vince need a money guy? Vince is the money guy. So from a logic perspective, I actually don't think Ted DiBiase would have been a very good choice because one thing Vince didn't need was money. It's not like there was a storyline where Vince was broke. So, but Vince, Vince isn't in, in this in the in 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 this world. Vince isn't revealed as the higher power, so it's the Undertaker and Shane who need the money. That is true. That is true. Yes. Uh, if that's true, I didn't even think of that. I was thinking Vince was going to be a heel anyway, but good call. Uh, in this case, yes. I, I think that would have been a great choice then. Correct. Uh, I don't, would it have had the big impact? Um, maybe? I'm trying to think of the audience. I suppose the audience would have been uh would have thought it was cool because obviously th- th- those guys were probably watching um those guys were probably watching uh WCW as well so they were DiBiase fans even if they were younger and didn't watch in the 80s but uh um I think I think he would have been a good choice. I have a great choice. My favorite choice we're going to talk about in a couple of names. But I I think DiBiase would have been a good choice because he was a benefactor. He he was remember there's a there's history there because DiBiase brought Taker in mm. at Survivor Series 1990. So there's some history there. Uh, yeah, I think he would have been a good choice. Not my favorite choice. My favorite choice is a couple of names from now, but I uh, I was I think Ted DiBiase would have been a pretty great choice. I'm not gonna lie. I like that. Yeah. I like that option, Dave. I, you know what? I don't know why, but for some reason, Vince was stuck in my head. So I apologize for for left turning on that because for some reason, I had in my head that that 
that uh, you know, I had in my head that uh, that uh, Vince was still part of it. But you're right. Yeah. Um, DiBiase going against Vince. Uh, yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been pretty cool. Vince staying think- a baby face. That would have been interesting. Yeah. And I, that's and I think that's to think that, about Dave. Before I, yeah. Let me get this point out before I let you go. Before I, that's the thing we have to think about. What we have to think about is Vince is probably obviously if one of these other people are the higher power, Vince is staying a baby face because obviously you don't need Vince as a heel now, so it makes no sense. So we got to keep that in mind from a storyline perspective. That, um, that Vince is still a baby face. With Austin against the corporate ministry. That's the interesting thing to think about. Yeah. I, I think, oh. you know, if, if we look at, if we look at DBRC here, I think there's, there's, there's a couple of reasons why it might've worked. Um, like you said, one thing is he, his character was the man with the money. He could buy anything. Every man has his price for a million dollar man. And on top of that, like you just said, for the newer fans, They've just seen him as the man behind the NWO attempted takeover of WCW. So we've we've had this element of DBRC tried to do it there and in the end got booted out or chose to leave. And I mean that fizzled out with with him. But he could have yeah, that he certainly was off TV in WCW by by mid ninety-nine. So, you know, him coming back with the with a similar sort of thing, I want to buy out the WWE, I've got the money, I've got the, the influence, that works. Um, he's got that link to, to, to The Undertaker. He brought The Undertaker in to the company originally. And that was where the rumors at the time, that was the foundation of that rumor, that it was dbrc who brought the undertaker in in the beginning so dbrc has influence over the undertaker he has he already has that control or that 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 influence over him to be able to to manipulate the undertaker which who's beyond evil so that that's sort of tied in And, and, and i could picture it dbrc i mean if if we if we look at how it might play out DBRC pulls off the hood it's the million dollar man vince i've told you i've told everyone everyone's got their price and I I'm going to find your price. This is about taking over this company. Um, this is about, you know, running you out of business because I'm the wealthiest man. It's going to be about me. Um, it, it, it certainly in the moment I think would, would have made some logical sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sure. the draw, the, I think the drawbacks of it play out as you move forward, because the drawback is that, the million dollar man character in the WWF had played out. He'd come in, tried to buy the championship, didn't work, went through his various feuds. We had money. Inc. Then he brought in the corporation. But I remember commentary Lawler would say things like, Oh, has DBRC ever tried to buy the company? And it was always sort of laughed at like that was never an option. It was never DBRC had never right. in the history of his character talked about, buying the company it was always about buying the belt or getting people to do what he wants so the character the history of the character doesn't fit there and on top of that db dbrc was done in the wwf when when austin when he when he finished up 
he was an also ran like you didn't want to see him. He he didn't really have influence. He wasn't a strong manager, and I think that that had only finished in '96. It was only a couple of years earlier that he'd been managing Steve. Now oh, there's another pro. He he'd been managing Austin when Austin lost the 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 strap match and forced yes. Bibiasi to leave. So right. he's wanting revenge on on Steve as well. You've got some That's logical tie-ins there that we're, I'm, I'm mm. coming for you. This is all about what you did to me. Great point. But I but I feel that the character of the Million Dollar Man would not have resonated as someone who would have been bought long term to be in a top level position again, because he moved from the top to the mid card. And even when he was managing the, the end of the run, he was really managing lower mid card guys. He wasn't re- managing guys at the top of the card. Right. So he, he was done. He was dusted. And, and, I, and I look at the reveal. I'm the man. And the first couple of weeks, it's about getting my revenge on you, Austin. But when Austin wins the belt back, where do you go with it? What, what happens then? million dollar man hasn't bought the company hasn't got the title anymore and you're back to square one of well why has he got influence why would take a stick with him then if the money isn't working right um i don't know that it would have been a a long it it had any long-term viability in the moment it would make sense in the initial stage, you'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 can get it. He wants to buy. He wants his revenge. You can picture the, 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 the interviews, you know. You cost me my career here, Steve, and I'm going to cost you your career. And The Undertaker is going to end your career, and he's going to cripple you permanently. And Vince, I'm going to buy this company and, and, and end you in the process. Um, and, you know, and, and, and survivability and, and, and Shane saying, Vince, you cut me off from my allowance a couple of years ago. And it was Ted DiBiase who, who started funding my allowance. He's the one who's been buying, giving me the money to, to go and, you know, have the big parties and all that. You, know, you can, you can buy all that. But I think once you get past the Austin Undertaker match for the title, it, it's got nowhere to go. There's no other reason why Taker would stick with him after that. Why would Shane stick with DiBiase after that? Because you've just taken DiBiase back to where he was in 1996, an right. unsuccessful manager who's not who who we've seen consistently over time. Money doesn't he can't buy everyone. Not everyone does have a price for him because he kept losing. And that was that was the comeuppance was always the baby face prove that my integrity is more important than the money and I and they end up winning and mm-hmm. they end up they end up beating and and so yeah it, I don't think there's long term viability for DBRC in the role initially it, it it'll get those first few weeks it it'd certainly work better than the Vince reveal but longer term I think all it would do is reduce him it would reduce Taker's influence and it'd probably have a bigger impact on Shane Shane would just be seen as a as a second fiddle to DBRC who's now right. third or fourth rung on the chain it probably would have had a bigger hit on the way they were presenting Shane as a character right yeah that's what I think I feel like there was a no win situation there if a guy like DBRC was I feel like the reveal needed to be earlier in the year. And that might be a problem. That might be something we think about throughout all of these choices. Um, that, uh, you know, that he's got to be, 
that maybe if this was late, um, late uh, uh, 98 and into 99, and the, the, maybe the, the reveal comes uh, the night after WrestleMania mm. instead of all the way into June. And then you cost Austin the title during during Over the Edge and and do it that way instead of waiting till after that. Uh, uh, that, that that would work really well. I mean, I, I could picture that because DiBiase comes out the night after WrestleMania. He's revealed as the higher power. The higher power is here. I, I'm coming for you. I'm coming to buy the company, Vince. You know, and 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 you've got the whole. And I'm unleashing. I have unleashed. I bought the book of evil. I have unleashed. Uh, um, I've I've tapped into helped the Undertaker tap into his darker side because I've been paying for him to study under the dark, the dark arts and the the most evil people in the world. He's I've been buying the books. I've been yeah. So there you've got the build of well, the Undertaker's continuing to become more evil, which he he was doing. That you can do the whole Stephanie thing again, mm-hmm. financed by DiBiase. They get the belt and DBRC's there. I did it. I've got the title. I got my revenge on you, Austin. And now, Vince, I'm coming for you. I've bought Shane out. Because then you then it makes more sense later on for the corporation to come under the link with the alliance with the ministry then, because DBRC can buy Shane out. I've paid Shane off. He's joined me and he's aligned with me now. And now we're coming for you. Um, I've got Shane's trust funds, my money. We're going to buy you out, and I'm going to run the company. It it makes sense if it starts earlier, and it builds better, and it builds better, and he gets that near control. And and then you you have the match where maybe Austin wins the title back. You play it on the double line. If Austin lose, McMahon willingly says. If Austin loses that match, I will sell you my share in the company. Um, you know, and so you've got the the extra thing on the thing. And then when Austin wins, you know, McMahon keeps his company and and Austin has prevailed. Um, and you know, you've had two, three months of the higher power, and then it can peter out a little bit more and it, it probably sits a bit better. Mm. I think so. I think if you do it the night after Mania, you start the higher power build at the beginning of the calendar year into 1999 during the Rumble and such, and then have the higher power revealed the day after WrestleMania, you're building, and then you have Austin, and then you build to perhaps, I mean, I I hate to, I hate to, it may, it may change things because this storyline could stretch and it may, you know, you may have issues and uh, with maybe the what many consider the rushed push of Triple H at the end of the summer, and you may hold off on him winning his first world title. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, different um, uh, different uh, uh, scenarios that may ripple if the if the higher power storyline had more legs going into the summertime. What if what if the higher power, because the Undertaker had lost had lost that match and lost the title, DBRC rips on the Undertaker. I, I, I invested all this to make you the most evil person in the world. I gave you everything and you couldn't cut it. 
and I am done with you, get away. You're no longer, I'm, I don't want you. The, you're, you're out of here. Triple H is the next, because Triple H was the blue blood. I mean, I know they altered the character, but to be fair, in 99, they still hadn't completely distanced himself from, hadn't completely distanced him from the heritage of the, of the character, the Hunter Hearst Helmsley character. So you could do the, I'm investing in him. He's the future. I'm going to, I'm going to use him to climb to the top. Now I'm going to invest all my money in him. And he is going to be the one who, who takes, who, who rises. And then as triple H courts, Stephanie and the whole back end of the year, Mm -hmm. DBR sees this influence over, you know, or now we've got Stephanie. There's options there. You could create some sure. options there to keep it running sure. until eventually, eventually you've got to write him out. Eventually Hunter could be, no, no, I've married Stephanie and you're moving to the, Hunter, in the McMahon Helms regime. You're out of here. This is not about you, DBRC. This is about me. It's my time. I'm it. You're gone. Kick him out. And you, and he's just, he's off TV permanently. It's my time. Look at that. Look at that. You even pimped the great uh, theme song there, Dave. It's my time. I love that theme in 2000. I actually like that theme better than I liked uh, the theme that he has now. Um, yeah, I, I really think so. I really think so. Yeah, I like that. DiBiase is just is just about power now. I don't need money anymore. If I could buy you, Vince, buy you and sell you like I know I can, uh, I win. And if I'm mm. buying and selling everybody else, uh, I'm taking you out. And there you go. So, yeah, pretty huge. So, but it would have had, but like you said, it would have had to have been revealed earlier because I think once you've already run the Stephanie angle, once you've already run Taker's already the champion, um, it 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 doesn't have the same it doesn't have the same power anymore because. It feels like he's jumping on the bandwagon as opposed to having manipulated the events that have resulted in the, yeah, you know, they they always they they gave this idea that the higher power was influencing things, but everything that had happened in storyline had been Undertaker and Shane as opposed to the higher power manipulating the events and by bringing him in after it's all happened, it just seems also ran. And as I said, once you take the title off Undertaker, it, it, it kills that influence. Whereas if you show him influencing earlier, it, it might allow it to a bit more sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it may lead into 2000 and 2000 may end up being a completely different situation because, you know, if Austin's hurt and he's out and rock becomes the, uh, the face it's uh, yeah it's uh, i i like the dibiase uh scenario dave however there's one i still like better there's one i still um, like better but let's let's we'll, keep going we'll get there all right yeah, let's so keep going. the second rumor that ran around at the time was very similar to the dibiase one and it was the it was the thought or the or the idea that the higher power was brother love <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, can, can you imagine? Can you imagine it? Um, Bruce Pritchard coming out in in the red face and the white the white suit and all that. But again, the the, the premise of the rumor and uh, this rumor never really. This was more that follow up to the DBRC rumor. You, you you heard the DBRC ones, and then it was like, well, 
it could be DiBiase, why couldn't it be Brother Love? Because Brother Love was his first manager. He was the manager, and he allowed Paul Bearer to take over managing. It's not that they had a falling out. It's not that The Undertaker kicked Brother Love away. It was that Brother Love introduced Paul Bearer as the new manager to take over. So you never had that end of relationship. So it would be reasonable to to think that Brother Love could have influence over The Undertaker because he managed him earlier on. On top of that, the preacher gimmick would fit the Ministry of Darkness gimmick. Um, you know, Brother Love could come out in all black now instead of all white, or just the just the 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 visual comparison of everyone in black, but here's the higher power in all white in his white suit. He'd have to he would have had to have toned down the I love you stuff, and he, it, you know, it's no longer the Ministry of Love, but it's this is all about the Ministry of Evil and. You know, I've I've been away all these years studying evil and studying it all, and I've unleashed this new level of evilness in the Undertaker. Yeah, evilness is not a good, what sort of word is that? I know. Yeah, uh, but but <laughs> Sorry. I I, th- I think that, again the premise of it would would carry some initial. I think it could it could hold up to logic um, that it would work, and 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 underlying that. Because 99, we are in the world of the growing knowledge of the backstage process of everything. We know, most of the the, the, the the deeper fans, most of the fans who are on the internet know that Bruce Pritchard did work behind the scenes for the company, was involved behind the scenes. So it would be reasonable, you, you could it wouldn't be too far of a step to think he's had enough of working for McMahon and he wants to take over the company would be reasonable to accept that and you could weave it into the storyline you know you work for me no 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 i used to work for you but now we're going to take control i want to run the company i think there's uh i think there's some some validity to how it would again build up but i think the negatives are that brother love was never seen as anything more than a comedy character and it would take a hell of a rehab to introduce him. Even bringing him out in 99, people would mm-hmm. immediately think of, I love you, red face. He's just a comedy character. He never had any influence or any power, really. And um, he was, he was, he, he's, he's not seen in that upper card sort of the guy who can be influencing everyone. I think the brother love character was, yeah, just would not be accepted in the role. No, I don't think so. I'll be honest. I think his, I, I think he'd be too, it'd be too much of a comedy thing because that was always his gimmick. So I don't think he would be taken seriously. And it's, I think it's too big a storyline to have a, 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 a comic, particularly also, uh, Dave, the, Brother Love was not an Attitude Era character. No. He would have been laughed at. Uh, if he was part of something, if this was a storyline, say, in, you know, 94, 95, maybe. But by 99, a character like, uh, a character like uh, uh, Brother Love would, would be a joke in, um, 
in WWF. I think it would have had a bigger, there would have been a bigger letdown if that was the reveal than the feeling that Vince had. As I said, it's possible that you can create this con, like the storyline could be, like I said, Brother Love has been away for years. He's learned the dark arts. He's unleashed it all. But that's stuff that you've got to explain after the reveal. And Mm. the reveal itself would be the letdown. And no one would care after that. Like like with Vince, no one cared after the reveal. We just let and and that's why they moved on with the whole corporate buyout, the the Austin being the CEO storyline. Because they realized once that reveal is done, we've got nowhere to go. The high power thing just sort of needs to be killed off because we can't carry it on. I think the same thing would happen if it was Brother Love. Brother Love gets revealed, everyone just goes, What? You're joking. That doesn't work. We're not willing to accept it. And I don't think any amount of promos that say, I've been studying the black arts. I've unleashed this. I brought him here in the first place. I've always been working behind the scenes um, for The Undertaker. No one, would have, no one would have been willing to listen to it because everyone would have just gone, why would you have that as your reveal? It doesn't work. Exactly. I just don't think it would have been taken... I just don't think it would have been taken seriously as a as a as a character for the Attitude Era. I just mm. don't. Um, but this next one, yeah, this is my number one choice, Dave. But but uh, set me up, set me up so I can hit it in the gap. Go ahead. So another rumor that started to play around at the time. And this one was gaining, this one was probably gaining about as much track as the Ted DiBiase rumor. And that was the, probably the biggest one that was being floated around is the return of Jake, the snake Roberts Mm -hmm. as the higher power. Yep. Jake, the snake, the, the, the man who, um, had had an up and down career in the WWE in terms of his character in recent years. Last seen in '96 as the preacher, um, as the as the as the preacher man trying to make the, the the comeback. But before that, the epitome of evil, the absolute epitome of evil. Back in '92 when he and '91 and '92 when when he and the Undertaker worked together to um, cause living hell for the macho man, Randy Savage. What are your thoughts on the, on Jake, the snake Roberts there, Scott? (laughs) Jake, the snake is my number one choice. Uh, For, for a couple of reasons. Um, Number one, Jake would, would have been a legit guy that would have gotten respect from the crowd, from the audience. And number two, Instead of going with the money factor, you go with the sinister evil factor. And Jake and Taker did work once well together in 1991 against Savage, as you know. And uh, Jake could go up against Vince and say, you cut me loose. You promised me so much in my career and you never delivered like you never deliver with anybody. You throw out promises and then don't deliver them. Um but, and then to Austin, he'd be like, listen, I remember the 1996 King of the Ring. I could have been king, and you stopped me. 
So uh, there were so many angles you could have taken with Jake being the higher power. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And I think the sinister side of it more than even the money side of it. Um, yeah, I would have been, you know, Shane could have been doing the bank rolling, uh, instead of Vince and, um, and we would have had killer, killer promos, killer mm. promos. Oh my God. But we've had killer promos, the storytelling, like, listen, Jake's got a clear head. He, 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 you know, channels his inner 88, 89, 90, 91, that whole stretch from when he was a baby face feuding with DiBiase, you know, wallowing in the muck of avarice um, to being the heel in 91, 92 with Savage. And uh, yeah, that, that would have been epic. And you reveal him the night after mania. And even this, uh, uh, Dave, Sure, Taker could be a champion, but unlike the other options, Jake could actually still wrestle. So maybe, just maybe, Jake Roberts becomes the WWF champion. Hmm. No, No disrespect to Taker, but... Yeah. Well, even if even if he's revealed on the night that he was revealed, I think it works. It w- definitely works better than than the than who we've talked about so far, and 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 Vince in that. You know, it there, there's credibility there. Jake can Jake can reveal it off, and even his facial look and just the way he would hold himself in the ring, you would know immediately we've got heel Jake. We've got heel Jake with those eyes that that look that he gave. Look at those looks that he would give during the Macho Man interviews, where he's where he's got yeah you know, he's holding his eyes quite narrow and and he's just got that real cold look on his face. You've got he can portray it from right at the beginning. Like when if the reveal comes, people will be like, oh my goodness, it's Jake the Snake, and oh my goodness, we've got heel Jake the Snake. Like they would know it the moment he he took the hood off. Right, Jake Jake the Snake. You know, like you said purporting the evil elements where we're back we're back there he's he's the master manipulator i've always been the master manipulator i've always been the snake in the grass manipulating things from underneath you haven't seen me from a couple austin you 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 beat me a couple of years ago you 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 beat me down i had broken ribs i was i was already nearly in the hospital but i came out and yes, you beat me that night, but you wouldn't have beaten me if I was 100%. And look where your career's gone. Right. You cost me my shot at the title. And, I'm, I, and I've come back. I'm here now. You know, Undertaker was already champion. We cost you your championship, and I'm going to make sure you never hold it again. And Vince, you cost me money. You withheld checks. You, 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 know, you could make up stuff about how Vince's shortchanged him or or whatever and now i'm going to take what you hold dear i'm going to take that company from you and you can picture um jake doing it with that with that quiet voice yep and i'm and i'm going to take it from you vince everything that you hold dear, and everything that you hold dear 
you know, he, he took Stephanie. He took, you know, I, I, I would take your wife if, you know, if she wasn't, you know, old and decrepit or something like that. Yeah, you could throw <laughs> in a couple of elements, you know, where Jake could get away with it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I took your daughter and, and, it, and, it, and I took her because it amused me. You know, and you, you know, and Austin, you prevented the sacrifice of her to me, right? Now that you know, you're, you're tying the elements of the storyline that you've done. You know, Jake would just cut a killer, and then the Undertaker could be turning around and going, "This is the man who taught me evil from the start. This is the man who who showed me what real darkness was about." And you fans, you fans blinded me to that. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, you fans turned my attention from what the true calling was, but Jake helped me re. Yeah, you know, this man helped me out. I'd never even. He should never even. Undertaker should never refer to him as Jake or Mister. The higher power, right? Revealed it to me again when I was off injured last year. He called me, and he reminded me of the darkness. And that is why I return. And that is why I've done everything that I've done till now, because we've been working together this whole time. And Jake can, I manipulated Shane. Shane's, you know, and, and it can tie in that it's not just Shane, you know, Shane's whole turning on Vince was because Jake manipulated him. And, you know, Jake can talk about, I've known Shane since he was younger. We were out partying when you were, home working when you thought Shane was studying at college he was partying with me you know you can add little elements that people will sit there and go well we know Jake party that'd work so I think there's a lot of a cool fact and like you said down the line he can wrestle Austin wins the title back from from Undertaker well you might have got it back from him but I'm coming for you now and I'm not hurt anymore I'm not injured anymore. I think, to me, the, the, the two drawbacks for it to be Jake, number one, he would needed to have gotten, to, to be in ring with Austin and to utilize him in ring, he would have needed to have gotten in some better shape. Because mm. the last time we, oh, saw, yeah. we saw Jake, he had pot belly and was clearly overweight. And, and that would need to be something that he would have had to have rectified to make it work for him to get back in the ring. But he doesn't need to get back in the ring. He could manipulate things. And, 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 and it gives credibility to the use of the acolytes and the use of all these other guys, the manipulation factor. It almost, it's almost reminiscent of Kevin Sullivan in, in Florida, in, in, in his gimmick in Florida. Whatever. I've never seen any of it, but what I've read about it, sort of the influence, the mind games, the, the, the occultish sort of feel to it. You could, you could, not go as dark as the cult sort of thing, but it's certainly you're almost playing that same sort of image and character out, Kevin Sullivan. And there's a name that there's a name I didn't even think of from my list, Kevin Sullivan. I don't think it'll work in WWF. We'll talk about him. Maybe I'll throw that up later. <laughs> I just thought of that. But um, yeah, Jake brings that element. But but the other issue I have with Jake is can he stay sober? And there, there's well, there's yeah. there's the issue because if if the, the whole storyline is completely dependent on Jake staying on top of his demons, which unfortunately at this time he didn't. And all, and, and the issue is 
if he has a bad week and he turns up not in the state to work, the whole storyline goes to hell in an instant. Um, so his reliability, um, both both in ring and behind and 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 behind the scenes, his reliability at this time is probably the biggest drawback that you're facing. And and again, maybe just the the whole. You know, fans will hate him and can hate him, but fans love Jake. Even even if he tried to go full full evil, would would the fans accept it, or would would we go back to what happened when he first came in? He got turned face because everyone loved him and the DDT, even though he was doing everything under the under the sun to be as heelish as possible. Mm-hmm. Would would the fan is he? Because he's so good at what he does, would it backfire on them and everyone start cheering him? Uh, if he was going against Austin, no. No, I think Steve Steve's popularity was so strong that uh uh that that I think I think he still would have been booed. And I think if he had guys around him that everybody nobody else liked, uh like Triple H, because I would still have turned Triple H heel uh at WrestleMania fifteen. Um you know, Taker was a pretty good heel. Uh, you know, you would have had your share of heels um, that the fans definitely would have booed. But I don't think, uh, I don't think that uh, that uh, uh, Austin would have been overtaken by Jake if you had the storyline go in that direction. But but the longer term storyline isn't Jake versus Austin; it's Jake versus McMahon. And that's where I, I wonder about whether or not you can keep Jake heelish because it's about buying the company. It's about the higher power trying to take over WWF and take it away from Vince because that's been the higher power storyline. The the Austin element, I think, adds depth to it and adds credibility to the current situation when he, when he uh, appears but the the, the storyline they've been building since Undertaker returned and hinted at it is it's about taking control of the company. So Jake is going to be more playing off with McMahon than he is playing off with um, Stone Cold. Good call. True. Now, when you get to that point, though, if you get to that point... Um... Would the would the gimmick have run its course? I guess that's the question because you have to have Austin in it at least in the beginning because he is the top babyface. And if this is the big hmm. storyline, you can't not have him creatively involved in some uh, capacity. So at that point, the question is. Um. how far do we go in before he is the baby face mm. or he gets taken out by another heel does triple H does, does it ultimately come down to triple H is the guy that's going to eventually turn on all these guys and take the power for himself. And he's so hated at that point in 99 that that may work. I think that's what we have to think about because if, if Jake starts getting uh, cheered then maybe that's the time that you really push, uh, you know, that you really push uh, 
uh, Triple H as the as the number one heel, and uh, um, you know, as the number one heel, and uh, um, and Jake gets booted. Hmm. So I think it's a, that's a timeline thing, Dave. I think eventually that, that would have had to happen. It's just a question of where in the timeline he eventually has to, uh, you know, you turn him, uh, you turn him uh, face. Or Triple H just takes over the, the ministry and, uh, and, um, and Jake just leaves. Sort of just fizzles out and and just disappears into 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 the ne- the netherworld again. Right, exactly. That that's yeah. that's the question ultimately. Is Jake that big a? Uh, is Jake that big a heel that he um uh, uh that it can last for a, a decent amount of time um, to where you can carry it for a while. Um, uh, and I'm trying to think you can carry it for a while and, uh, and let it hold up until you feel the crowd turning. Mm. That's what it comes down to. You have to really, this is this is a storyline, Dave. If you're using Jake, where you really have to pay attention to where when the crowd starts to uh, where the crowd starts yeah. to turn. Absolutely, absolutely. But 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 I mean, yeah. If we bring it back to the crowd, there therein lies, I think, the the one other issue that putting Jake in the role you've got to overcome, and that is. The fan base, the last time they saw Jake, he was getting beaten by Austin and getting beaten pretty soundly by Austin. Right. Austin Austin beat him from pillar to post. And whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter. The, the, the storyline was about Austin doing it comfortably. He's already cut the promo on him. And is it seen as the, the, the danger you've got as much as those of us that have been fans forever sit there and go evil heel Jake would just work in this gimmick. But then the question you've got to ask is, does the fan base in 1999, do they remember Jake the snake from 1991 or do they remember Jake the snake from 1996? And if all they remember is Jake the snake from 1996, all they're going to see is an old guy who Austin has already beaten. And Austin has already humiliated. And Austin, and while it's all great, I want my revenge on you, all you're looking at it, all, all that a fan might be looking at it is, well, you might want your revenge, but we already know Stone Cold can beat you. And Stone Cold cut that great promo on you. And that's why we love Stone Cold. And that's why Austin's the best. And who cares about you, Jake? Like that to me is the other potential danger is that fan reaction. Because the fan reaction could very well be the, we just don't buy it because Austin's already dominated him, and it, and it doesn't cut it. Yeah, I think that's how, that's how this plays out. So when it comes to, 
when it comes to uh, um, Jake as as the higher power, it, it's all about the crowd. I think we ultimately have to keep that in the back of our minds. It's all about the crowd because if the um, if the audience starts to turn and Jake starts getting some cheers because it's Jake, then maybe you, again you pull the trigger on on somebody. Take you almost like uh, you know. Almost like uh, um, uh, Damian Priest uh, and Finn Balor kicking out uh, Edge out of Judgment Edge Day. After, kind of after four weeks, yeah. After four weeks, except this is more like nine or ten months. So uh, that would be very interesting. But of our three choices so far, I, 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 def- I love DiBiase and I love Jake for different motivations. DiBiase, it's money and power. Jake, it's evil and power and turning almost uh turning uh jake mad with determination Mm. and you could get some really killer promos so you would yeah i love i love the jake i love the jake thinking that's my favorite so far dave all right well talking about killer promos the next name we're going to throw out there is someone who would deliver killer promos in this role if it was put in this role so another rumor that was out again at the time, um, it was one that it didn't have, it, it was one of those ones that was more the counter argument. I don't know it was so much of a rumor as a wish list. Um, you know, the, the whole, oh, DBRC is going to be it because of this reason and that reason. And then, and then counter that with it. Well, why wouldn't it be this person then for the exact same reasons? Um, and that person is the man who at the time was the owner and promoter of ECW wrestling, one Mr. Paul Heyman. Now, Paul Heyman's name was, was again, to me, this was not so much of the rumor that it would happen, but maybe the desire that it might happen from fans who were like, I don't want to see DiBiase or I don't want to see um, Jake. I want to see something new. The the benefits of Paul, the, the, the arguments for Paul Heyman was, Paul Heyman managed The Undertaker in mm-hmm. WCW. Before he was The Undertaker, when he was Mark Callis. Correct. The, Paul Heyman managed him back then in, in 1990-1991. Mm-hmm. So he's got that foundational element. He's got a history with him. So for the long-term wrestling fans, there's a logical element to it that it would be accepted he would have influence. Another element that to throw in there is Paul Heyman is the mad promoter, the mad scientist of ECW. He's the owner of another company who has spent the last three years building the fan base of his company on the premise of we hate WCW, we hate WWF, they've tried to run us out of business, but we're still here. Right. So, so the concept of Paul Heyman wants to put Vince out of business and wants to buy out the company would have credibility. It would, it would be accepted further to that. Paul Heyman is not a face that the WWF fans have ever seen on television yet would be accepted. I believe he, he is well known enough in the industry that although he'd never appeared on WWF television ever, 
I think the fan base will go, we know who he is and we can buy it. So I think those elements in themselves give credence to it might work. And as I said, you want to talk about a killer promo? You, you, you're talking about a man who still cuts them today. He's been the best promo in the company for the last 10 years, probably the last 20. And, you know, he, he was able to cut them back then. It, it would do it. The, the the biggest drawback for me, there are two drawbacks I see that they, they're tied together. Number one, he's the owner and promoter of another company. And that's who he's associated with. So if Paul Heyman gets the reveal, all I'm picturing fans doing is chanting ECW. And, and people wanting to see ECW wrestlers come in. And number two, you know, can Paul Heyman be, you know, he, he's got commitments elsewhere. Can he, he can't be there every week. He's got his own company to run, his own promotion to run. Are we going to see everyone just wanting to say, well, let's bring in ECW guys then. That's what we expect now. Um, let's replace the Acolytes with Rob Van Dam and Sabu and, and Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman and, and whoever. Um, I think the ECW association for Heyman would kill it before it ever got a chance to get off the ground. What do you think? Paul Heyman as the higher power. Uh, I think from a logic perspective of why would be amazing. And once again, you would have a great promos. Uh, obviously, if, if we're going really backgrounds and such of the universe, uh, Vince would have obviously have had to work something out with Paul um, behind the scenes between WWE and ECW. Now, on top of that, you could have had uh, some of the WWF guys show up on ECW TV because this would have been huge for ECW because if this was going on while while ECW was was still in business, it was right around this time that ECW got that Friday night uh, TNN deal. Mm. Um, and, uh, that would have added a ton, uh, to the weight of, of why Paul is doing what he's doing, because you now, you could work like a crossing of, uh, uh, of promotions. So this, this opens a whole new avenue, Dave, if this is true. Because uh, unless you're saying that ECW closed up two years early, which wouldn't surprise me, but if, if ECW is uh, still a thing, then you could really incorporate some pretty amazing stuff into the storyline. Hmm. Um, you could have corporate ministry guys showing up on ECW TV and you know you could have like Austin versus whoever the champion was at the time Taz or or Mike Awesome or uh, I don't know fucking whoever you know um Shane du- well no was Shane Douglas in ECW no, in 99 99 um it was it was mid 99 that he um returned to WCW yeah cuz 2000s the revolution group so yeah. okay Maybe this motivates Shane Douglas to stay and Shane Douglas becomes the face 
of the corporate ministry in that aspect and maybe Taker and Shane Douglas work together. I mean, I'm really, we're really pulling it now. You did bring bring up this guy, Dave. So I mean, there's a lot of avenues. The one who comes back to ECW like about four weeks after or six weeks after the, the, the higher power reveal the the man who returns to the ECW from WCW is Raven. And of course we all know what Raven's promos have been like. And Raven's character was always on the dark edge as well. So imagine, imagine Heyman bringing Raven, the, the real Raven into WWE as part of the ministry, like the newest member of the ministry under the undertaker. I mean, yeah, you want to bring in someone who could really bring it in ring and maybe promo and character wise fit what that, what that, that gimmick was Raven would certainly be one. Uh, right. Yeah. So, I mean, it opens up, I mean, this, this option, Dave opens up so many avenues because, uh, um, I mean, I think one thing we have to pump the brakes on, though, is we don't want to we have to remember that Taker was the was the top guy of this group in terms of in ring. So. Mm. We we only need to do so many crossovers. I, just, I said to myself just now, as I said that, man, he's going to bring in Shane Douglas and Shane Douglas is going to get more clout than Taker. No, that's not happening. Uh, <laughs> um, but. Taker showing up on ECW TV would actually be pretty wild. Um, but, but that 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 that's but this is the drawback. This is what this is what I was referring to. I think having Heyman in the role runs the risk of it becoming an ECW invasion storyline rather than the corporate ministry. It, it, it's going to true. undermine Taker. It's going to. I mean, I talked before about maybe you know Taker, you know Vince McMahon thing sort of devalued Taker. I think this would devalue Taker as well. Yeah, I think the I think the only way, uh, Dave, that this probably works is if ECW was already under, or he sold it, mm. uh, which yeah. would, at that time was not happening. So clearly, um, what it comes down to is, uh. ECW would have to have been out of business already if this if this situation uh, if this situation um, was going to happen. Uh, ECW would have had to have already gone under. I, I agree with you. I think we were going a little too overboard on the. Now that I'm thinking about it, now it would would have still have been cool. Yes, but now in, in, not- in the moment, in the moment, it would have been awesome, and the first week or two of promos would have been killers. Yeah. Um, but the longer term issues, I think, would have been the drawback there. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I agree with you that it's no longer turning into Heyman working with Taker to take over WWE. It's turning into Paul taking over, uh, invading WWE via ECW. So the only way that this would work is if ECW was already out of business. And even though they were not doing great in 1999, they were still on TV and they were still doing viable things. So unfortunately, this option only would be good if uh, if ECW was was gone and Paul was actually an employee of WWE. Yeah. Well, uh, now, he, if that was the case, he, he was an employee of WWE. If you if if, if everything we, we've heard and read over the last 
20 odd years is 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 taken and accepted he was an employee of wwe from about 1996 that is uh, true yeah you know, yes. vince was vince was helping him out but yep i agree with you he would have the company would have need to have been out of business because otherwise it, it just looks like or everyone's just going to all anyone's going to want to see is ecw versus wwe matches they're not going to care anymore about the undertaker right exactly and they and austin they would it would have been about austin versus uh you know austin versus uh whoever tanaka mike awesome like uh, like mm. all that kind of shit like it, it would have been too uh it, it, the, the the audience would have devalued the storyline and the 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 story. So yeah, um, yeah, that that would have been difficult. Admittedly, that would have been difficult. However, again, short term, Dave, that's a pretty great idea because I think you would get you would get great promos, you would get great narrative, but long term, I think the 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 focus would vanish and it would just be an ECW WWE uh, you know thing. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we've moved through four rumored people. There's one more person that was that that has been out there in the rumor mill, and this one's a very interesting one. Um, and there's there's some legitimate credibility to this one, but at the same time, I've read some other stuff that maybe suggests it's not the case. So the last person in this part I want to talk about before we maybe just throw it open for anyone else. It could have been is a young man at the time by the name of Christopher Daniels, mm-hmm. the fallen angel, very, very good worker, very popular um, on, on at the time was an indie worker. Now, nowadays we look back, we, we've seen a guy who circled the world and wrestled just about everywhere except W. Well, though he did do a couple of, um, TV matches, but as a as an enhancement talent, he, he never made it in WWE. But he, he's certainly well known around the world. Circled most wrestling fans know who this guy is, um, and know that he can work. So the background of this one is that allegedly, and I'll, I'll take it beyond allegedly because well, allegedly Vince Russo had actually wanted Christopher Daniels to be the higher power when it was revealed. And that comes from, I say allegedly, because that actually comes from interviews that Vince Russo has done. Vince Mm -hmm. Russo has actually put it out there that he wanted Christopher Daniels as the higher power. He had a high on him. He was an indie talent, really high on him, had a good name, good reputation, and believed that bringing him in, he's a nobody, um, so you can do whatever you want with him. He has got no, there's no, um, no sort of prehistory that anyone's got to move past. He's a nobody that can be, be created as a new character in any way you want. That's, that's the foundation of it. And, and this, and the story, and I've heard interviews with Bruce Pritchard. I've heard, I've read stuff that Vince Russo's put out there. Bruce Pritchard's even sort of semi confirmed that this was who Russo wanted in the role. Now the story goes according to Russo and according to Bruce Pritchard is Mm -hmm. that they brought Christopher Daniels in for television and Vince took one look at him and said, who's that? He's so small. And they said, that's Christopher Daniels. And Vince said, no, he's not the higher power. We've got to do something else. 
Hence why Vince get himself gets put in the role. That's that's the story that Vince Russo and Bruce Pritchard have both put out on their podcasts. Um, but the counter to that, when I was preparing for this, is I actually read an interview um, that Christopher Daniels did where they put the, the interviewer put that to him, said, oh, allegedly you were, you were going to be the high power. And Christopher Daniels went, no one ever put that to me. I was never offered that role. I was never asked to do that role. It was never put out there as a storyline to me. I wasn't even in talks with the WWE at the time. So I don't know if this is a Vince Russo truth, which means there's no truth to it at all, or if this is a um, if there is elements where maybe they were talking about it internally and invited Christopher Daniels in for maybe a tryout. Vince saw him and went, we can't go there. And then they couldn't come up with anyone else. Christopher Daniels as the potential higher power. What are your thoughts, Scott? I got to be honest. I don't, I honestly don't think this would have worked. I don't think anybody really knows who he is. So I don't know if uh, I don't know if um, the audience would have reacted to a guy they'd never seen before. Um, so I I don't know if it would have worked. I, I that one I actually have to agree with Vince if that's a true story. I don't know why they thought a young unknown. Was would have been a great choice. I don't know where they get that from, but I, I wouldn't have gone with it. Uh, I mean, Christopher Daniels over time, when you know the Fallen Angel and all that kind of stuff, I think would have been fantastic. But if they did a if they did a storyline like this, say in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when he was a little more established, I probably would have agreed with it. But nineteen ninety nine, I don't know. I don't know. I, think, I just don't think I don't think he had the gravitas for the audience to have related to or jumped on for such a yeah. big gimmick. I think I think that's the key. You've just nailed it there. It's the way the audience would have perceived it, because I think even in those early stages of his career, again, I haven't seen much of him. We don't mm-hmm. get I, I we rarely got we've got very little TNA over here. We've got very little. I've had very little chance to see a lot of his work, but from everything I have seen and what I've read and what I know of, of him as a worker and an interviewer, Christopher Daniels had the talent to pull it off. I believe, I believe he had the talent to make that sort of character work. Um, but it's not a character that you could have done. You couldn't have put Christopher Daniels in as the reveal on the night because like you said, he doesn't have the crowd nuance. The crowd would have looked at him. The audience would have looked at him and just gone, who is that? I, right. I don't get it. I, I, who is this? Why Why do we care? If you had done... Now, this is how I believe it could have worked. If you want to paint a story that, okay, we're going to give it... Christopher Daniels is going to be it. Then you've got to paint the story again. We've got to start painting the story earlier. But it's got to be done in backstage and pre-recorded vignettes. You would have almost, I, I picture it almost Vader Emperor-like, where we see The Undertaker doing some stuff, and he turns up at maybe like a dark temple or something, and he approaches this shadowy figure in the hood, who is Christopher Daniels, 
so it's his voice, you know, this is what I've done. This is what I've done. Well done, Undertaker. Now we need to take the next step. And you slowly are establishing that this person is there along the way. Um, maybe even sort of seeing his face under the shroud. Um, Emperor-like, you know, now I want you now put into action the plan regarding Stephanie. Um, you know, we worked this out. Go and do it. Um, and so you you create this element where for a few months you have seen the Undertaker approaching him. You've heard his voice. You've seen that he's not very tall. And I, th- this concept that he's so small is the reason why Vince McMahon didn't want him. I buy it a little bit because Vince likes his big guys. But at the same time, this idea of a smaller guy manipulating the Undertaker's mind or being the mastermind behind it, it could have worked because it just, you know, it creates the thing. So long as the Undertaker was always seen as the protector and the the one who was doing the muscle work. Mm-hmm. Um, so Christopher Daniels, I think, had the talent. You would have had to have done these all these vignettes over time, backstage stuff. You couldn't have just revealed him on the day so that finally – when he's coming out in person, we've got this. Well, we actually know this is the higher power. We've seen him for the last few months. We haven't seen him wrestle. We haven't maybe seen his full face, but we know he's short. We know he's got this voice. We know we maybe even have seen his face under the hood. So, yeah, we could accept it now. That's the only way it would work. And then and then it becomes this manipulation thing over time, and maybe eventually he gets in the ring. Who knows? But... The drawback of all that is, once again, it paints the Undertaker as subservient, as only doing what someone else wants him to do, as basically a hired gun. And that's not what the character of the Undertaker was. The Undertaker no, was the evil mastermind. Right. And and so all it would have done was basically emasculate Undertaker and minimize his threat and his credibility and and it may have it may have unfortunately brought an early end to the un, uh, you know, the good thing is Mark Calloway is always able to reinvent himself and he went away and came back as the as the biker. If this had happened, he probably would have had to go away earlier. And I guess the biker thing allows him to be reinvented. But yeah, I just don't think it, it. I don't think it works in the in the in the longer scheme of things. I I really don't think it works because the Undertaker is the man who should have been doing the manipulating. So, yeah, Christopher Daniels has talent, could pull it off, and can definitely wrestle. But you can't reveal him on the night. He he needed to have been in the storyline almost from the beginning to make it work. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, what cracks me up is the problem is, is Taker, um, we're giving Taker, because I mean, this is the Undertaker. And this is where the storyline, regardless of who you put in that slot, is very delicate. Um, because you, you, if you're going to have somebody that he's got to answer to or he's going to be answering to, it's got to be somebody with some gravitas. That's why I think of all of the names we've come up with, I really think that DiBiase and Jake would have been the two best choices because those are guys that um, 
that would have been um that would have been somebody he answered that, with respect. Yeah. Regardless of who Christopher Daniels is um it's that uh Taker would not have answered to some young little guy. Like that would have made no sense, unfortunately. No. And unfortunately as we said, Taker turns into just some enforcing assassin. And uh I think um that would have been I think that would have been a problem. I, I think therein lies the issue with the storyline from the beginning is Taker coming in as there is a higher power coming. I answer to the higher power. Everyone immediately went. I mean, I remember at the time thinking, hang on, the Undertaker is the top of the food chain. The Undertaker is the evil manipulator, the mastermind, the man who's always been the dominant person. Why on earth would the Undertaker answer to anyone? And if he does answer to someone, that person has got to be outstandingly influential, manipulative, whatever. And I just, I, I, I think even when you talk about DBRC and Jake, I just don't think they fit my, what was in my mind of how it could possibly be that the undertaker is subservient to anyone because his character for his entire career was never subservient. It, right. it, it had, it just, I don't think either of them would end up being able to fit that mold because they had been presented and been around long enough that you you've seen their weaknesses and their flaws. Why would the undertaker be subservient to someone who had these weaknesses and flaws? Yeah. So, that, so the issue is the storyline should never have been created in the first place. You could have had the undertaker saying, I'm going to take over your company. No issue. But I think trying to claim that he answers to someone else is where the, the biggest issue comes in the storyline. Yeah. Um Yeah, I it, it's it's it doesn't seem as easy as it looks. What they should have done was been Taker should have just been the leader. Taker should have been the leader and um uh and Vin, and and uh Shane should have just ba- bankrolled it. And that's mm. that. Um, and, and, and we ditch the rest because trying to have somebody, uh, you know, being Taker's boss, I guess. Uh, you would have really had to, again, have somebody that was that was pretty uh, had some gravitas. But otherwise, you should have just had Shane and and and. Vince could have been, uh, you know, Vince could have just been, um, distraught and you know what I mean? Like you could have had him in a situation where he was really begging and he was really pleading with Austin. I need you to help me. And, you know, it's kind of like the invasion two years later when, you know, we almost got the, the, the old stone cold, Mm. you know, I don't need cookies and songs. I do the old stone like that. Yeah. But 
I think that's look, I need I need you to help me. You love this. You want to be the, the boss in this company where if you let this happen, there's no company for you to be champion of. Kind of yeah. thing. I'll look Absolutely. to your face. You know, Vince could cut a promo with Steve Stone Cold saying, listen, you want to beat me. You want to be the you want to be the top dog in this company. You want to be WWF champion. Well, guess what? If you don't help me take these guys out, there's not going to be a company for you to be champion for. That kind yeah. of, you know, that kind of thing. So maybe in the grand scheme of things, that storyline probably should never have happened. <laughs> and and, I, and so, I guess this is where we bring it back to the question I laid out as we entered this, entered the looking glass today. Uh-huh. In the end, when all is said and done, could it have been anyone other than Vince? Because honestly, does anyone other than Vince fit the role of someone that The Undertaker would be subservient to? Because Vince was the boss. And and I, I bring the argument, we, 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 we've just been saying it, that really they shouldn't have done it because The Undertaker's not subservient to anyone. We've done this higher power storyline. As, as horrible as a letdown as it was, I, I honestly think in the end... Vince may have been the best option they had available because he's the only person that at least you were, the fans were willing to say Undertaker would answer to him. Right. Because Undertaker wouldn't answer to anyone else, but he would Correct. answer to Vince. Now, as I said, it, it, it means that re- the reality is that the storyline, if you want to do this high power thing, you needed to manipulate the storyline a bit better, not make it so clear, not, not make it so evident that it was a, a hot shot ending. You know, you could have done stuff earlier on, like, you know, maybe not the kidnapping stuff, but you could have done stuff where Vince was, it becomes when you look back on it, Vince was always in the know. Yeah, you can look back like the the Shane thing. You can at least go, yeah, they were they were working everyone. I can get that, but it's the stuff he did with Stephanie and the and the begging of Austin to help him out and all that 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 doesn't work. But he could have done it in ways that maybe was less sympathetic. Like you were saying, I need you. There's not going to be a company if you if you let this happen. Austin gets himself in a bad spot, loses the title, and Vince is coming out going. I manipulated you, Austin. I, I tricked you into taking that title match that you didn't want to take. And and I got my title back off you. Right, yeah, you, you, if they just play with some elements of the story, we might not have been sitting there going, damn it, it doesn't work. But yeah, McMahon, I think, is the only one who, could, who would have worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny how one of the, the, the choices we have is no choice at all, you know, Mm. just have Taker be the, just have it be between Taker and Shane and maybe Vince and Austin work together. It'd be, it'd be a little weird, but it might've been a fun. And then Triple H just kind of does his own, his own, uh, um, his own rise to uh, the top. He just continues his storyline of his rise to the top. Yeah, I don't. We, you know, I don't need anyone anymore. I don't yeah, need we, DX. I don't need right. anyone. I'm just going to do it. Yep, and and we can't forget Rock. You know, he's not. He's you no. Know, he's slowly moving up. So, yeah. Um, I mean, if anything, 
Austin could probably have put the title away and maybe that would have been a storyline for Rock and Triple H. I don't know. But uh, if you don't have any higher power at all and it's just Shane and, and, and Taker running that crew, I think you would have gotten some, I think there would have been some good traction, but, uh, but I think if we were going to do it, my personal opinion is the two best options are, uh, the two best options are, in my opinion, of who we've had Ted DiBiase and, and Jake the Snake. There were rumors, the other two names, and I don't want to really delve too deep into it because I think they both would have been poor choices. One was Shawn Michaels, which would have been pretty stupid because yeah. that just would have made no sense. Um, because Sean's been in and out anyway. And, and, Mm. and number two, and this would, I would love to have seen him back in the WWF, but this role would have not been him. And that's Randy Savage. Uh, Mm. Savage in 1999 WWF would have been fucking great, but not in this Savage. Isn't that kind of guy. He's not a leader of a faction. Savage only cares about Savage. So he, Ruining Vince and all that—that's that he would that would not have worked. Well, like an- another, a, yeah, you know, he was no, a good I'm, follower, not a good leader in that yeah, aspect. I know? agree with that. Another name that that, that 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 I heard thrown around at one stage, and I think it fits in that sort of thing you were just saying there about yeah, it don't really fit. Is is Ric Flair? You Correct. know, he at least had the he at least had the history of being a leader of a faction, but it, he he doesn't fit the ministry of darkness. He doesn't fit a higher power. He's, he's the, the, you know, the, 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 the kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. Son of a gun. Exactly. Um, so he's not, he's not the, he's not the, the evil manipulator. He's not the, 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 so, Oh, so that's, um, yeah, I, I don't think he would work either. No, he's just not that. So, I think of the choices we've discussed tonight, Dave, I think the two best, if there was options, I think would have been Ted DiBiase for the money and power perspective and Jake the Snake for the mindfuck perspective of getting in Vince's head and, uh, you know, getting in Vince's head and uh, uh, driving him mad while taking his company over. So, yeah. No, I agree with that. I think I think the the best option of the lot for being able to make it work would have been Jake. Um, yeah. I think I think he could have made it work. I just worry about um, the him making it work so well that the crowd would would turn him babyface again. But vice versa, I worry that trying to bring the evil character in after having been off TV for a couple of years. And the last time the fans saw him was the aging preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, I think he would have been facing an uphill battle to make it work. But if anyone could have made it work, it would have been Jake. Correct. Yep. I agree with you. 450%. Yep. Uh, Dave, that was uh, pretty great. Uh, I, once again, you, you, this is why he's the, uh, the brains and I'm just the brawn. No, uh, <laughs> Dave comes up with the best topics folks. And this was a good one tonight because we almost said, we're, this is the first time, uh, Dave, that I think we just, one of our choices was just don't do it. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
great topic. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I that I think I think that's a uh, that's a fun one because that's always been discussed. Um, that's always been discussed uh, in in many circles about this about the greater power, the higher power, and whether it was even worth it. And uh, and in the grand scheme of things, the legacy of the storyline is probably shouldn't have happened. <laughs> but uh, but it did. We got the great scenes with uh, Steve dumping the horse shit in Vince's office. You know, we got the King of the Ring match, but then we did get Steve winning the belt back the next night on Raw, and then, you know, down the line. So, uh, there we go. So, folks, another episode in the books. Thank you for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, Dave, where can everyone find you? Um, everyone can, uh, can, uh, you can link up with me on, on Facebook. You'll, you'll find me lurking the pages, um, Dave Hall and, uh, feel free to, to hit me up, send me a message, uh, reach out. I'd love to chat. Um, love, love catching up with people. Uh, I really, you know, I think like everyone, we've all got, we all, we all love it when our egos get stroked and people, you know, flick through some feedback. So we always love to hear from you guys and, and interact. Um, you will also hear me, um, uh, I just, um, I just, uh, earlier today before, before we recorded this, I've just, um, recorded an episode. Um, I'll be appearing on uh, the next episode of Johnny C and the, um, and the multiverse of fabulousness over on the North South network. Oh, so, um, so, so check that out. We, we, we've had a lot of fun with that and, uh, you know, it's sort of another little rebooking element. We've, we've, we've gone back, uh, to 1995 and, uh, rebooked in your house one. So the very first in your house. So I encourage you uh, probably by the time you know, that they'll probably drop not long after after this episode drops. So I encourage you if you enjoy what we do here, um, go on, go and uh, go and listen to that episode. And um, I, I've had I had a lot of fun doing that. And uh, I'm going to get to join you again uh, very soon, Scott. In uh, in another in another world, I'm going to be uh, making a little appearance with you and Justin very soon. Yes, you will be joining us uh, later on down the line, uh, uh, Dave, over on The Mothership. Of course, uh, the flamethrower known as the Place to Be podcast. You'll be joining us uh, uh, sometime later this year for an episode. We won't, uh, we won't tip our hat as to which one. We like our, we like our listeners to be surprised when we uh, – of course, you're really not surprised, I guess, because you can read the, art, read the write-up before. So I don't know why I always think that way, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> anyway – Dave Hall will be with uh, JR and I later on in the year for the Place Be Podcast. Uh, of course, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Scott C. Podfather. You can follow the brand on Twitter. Please do. At PTBN Wrestling. We do polls. We do uh, updates on podcasts. As a matter of fact, uh, reach out to, to me. Uh, you, could, you could private message me as well on Twitter. Again, at Scott C. Podfather. And uh, also message Dave. And give us some... Uh, of your ideas of alternate universe looking glass topics you would like to see Dave and I talk mm. about. Uh, you don't Absolutely. mind, Dave, getting some uh, feedback. You've No, you've I'd lo- love the feedback. Love love to get um, any ideas, anyone out there. If there's things you guys want to hear, well, we'd love to be able to, to – we want to give you what you want to hear. So we're all about giving – we want to give the audience what they want. Yes, we do. We absolutely do. And uh, for those that are new – um, and just to let you know, I, I wasn't going to do it, but since we did kind of throw it out there for the, uh, for the audience, uh, uh, we have done, uh, here we go. All right. So I wasn't going to do it, but I guess I'll do it now for those that are new. We've done an episode on just so people have ideas. We did t- CM Punk 2011, 2012. We did what if Montreal didn't happen? We did Goldberg streak. 
We did uh, a Royal Rumble episode, various Royal Rumble topics. We did uh, Ultimate Warriors 1990-91 World Title Reign. We did uh, uh, a WrestleMania episode, which Dave and I will probably do a WrestleMania episode every year. It just changed the topics a little bit. Um, we We did an episode on the late, great Scott Hall and how to make him a champion. And then last month's episode, uh, we talked about uh, turning John Cena heel. So if everybody thought, oh, what a great episode for us. Well, guys, we just did it. So if you haven't listened to it yet, please do. It was our episode in May, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, well, every so, every episode Dave and I do was fun. So, uh, so of course, we will have a topic our set for our July episode. And we will get to the point. I'm already reaching out to a few people, Dave. Uh, eventually here on the show, we will have uh, a third guest. Uh, you know, maybe join us. Um, maybe there's an episode where I can't be on and Dave hosts and we get a special guest or something of that nature, but, uh, we might get some guests on. Of course, those episodes will be, you know, eight hours because Dave and I alone take up uh, a juicy two and a half, but at any event, but please reach out to us again. You could find me on Twitter at Scott C Podfather, uh, the brand on Twitter at PTB and wrestling. And of course, reach out to Dave on uh, Facebook messenger and give us some of your, your, uh, ideas of what uh, uh, what looking glass topics you'd like us to uh, to cover. Uh, I know one is coming up in the hopper that we haven't touched yet, and I think July might be a good month for it. We'll talk offline, Dave, but I have a good idea. So in any event, uh, everybody have a wonderful rest of the month of June. Have a wonderful here in the States. Have a very safe and pleasant Fourth of July weekend, and we'll talk to you in July. <laughs>